USS Arizona. Not the one at the bottom of Pearl Harbor, but the Civil War era ship that both enforced and ran the blockade. We'll find out from the chairman of the Arizona Civil War Gunboat Foundation, Rob Christopher, when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. Have you let your website go stale? Wish you didn't have to wait for your web developer to return your call when you want to update content? You don't have to. Now you can easily and instantly manage your own website content using affordable Avalar technology. Avalar is a website development and hosting company that provides turnkey internet solutions for companies like yours that need to stay focused on core business. Avalar gives you the power to control your website and make updates and additions in real time without having to learn HTML or other complicated programming tools. Websites powered by Avalar feature capabilities that attract more customers and enhance relationships with existing customers. Avalar offers a multitude of leading-edge solutions, including lead generation and referral tracking, shopping carts and payment processing, membership management, and search engine optimization, to name a few. Take advantage of the full power of the Internet using Avalar technology at www.avalar.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R.com. Vitality is a natural expression of health, success, and fulfillment, and yet it's rare to meet people bubbling with vitality. That's because most of us push ourselves too hard, and when we trigger the internal alarms that tell us to change our diets, attitudes, or activities, we ignore them. Allowing outside pressures to override our internal alarms undermines our health, sabotages our success, and limits our potential. If you're ready to reclaim your natural vitality, to begin living a life you love, visit thevitalyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with Rob Christopher of the Civil War, the USS Arizona Civil War Gunboat Foundation. We've been talking about, uh, Rob, we've been talking about the history of this remarkable vessel, the USS Arizona, its career as a Confederate blockade runner, its recapture, its role in the Gulf Squadron of the uh, U.S. blockading fleet, and its actions against uh, famous ships like the Queen of the West. But we're up to 1864, and uh, we're getting close to the demise of this vessel, I think. That's correct, yes. Now, the Arizona um, eventually will uh, end up along, along the Gulf, and uh, we'll blockade against uh, the, the Confederacy in Texas and Sabine uh, area, and uh, eventually we'll be ordered back to New Orleans in in uh, late 1864 to be completely refit. Uh, at, at one point, Admiral Farragut is concerned about the uh, the ability of the ship to uh, perform its duties, just uh, due to age and and weathering and all those things that come along with uh, with the vessel as it's been engaged in battle and, and other situations. Uh, the ship itself had already served uh, during this time period, uh, well, dealt with, I'm sorry, two different cases of, of uh, yellow fever uh, where a number of the crew were lost due to sickness. So, again, the concern of the ship was, you know, is this a, a vessel that we continue on with or do we just decommission it? So it's brought to uh, New Orleans and... Uh, is scheduled to be in, uh, refit. And during this time, we're talking about a, a four- or five-month period where the boiler, the furnaces are, are completely redone. 
Now, interestingly enough, I have to I have to bring this up at this time because there is some question about the loss of the Arizona. There, what could have happened to it? Uh, so we've got a few different theories. Uh, during this time in 1864, it is well known, well documented that uh, there were Confederate spies in New Orleans trying to sabotage vessels in a number of different ways. One of the most creative ways, um, and not a lot of people aren't aware of this, it's something called a Courtney torpedo. And that's something that uh, basically looks like a large lump of coal, but is actually a hollow piece of iron that has explosive material inside it. And when the coal was thrown into to the, the coal heap and then loaded up on board ships, you know, the men were un, unaware of what was happening. They're just coal heavers shoving the coal into the furnaces. And uh, when the stuff would heat up in the furnace, it would cause the vessel to explode. So I just, just as a side note, I need to mention that. Now, the Arizona itself is, like I said, being completely refit. The furnaces are pulled out. The boiler is raised about 14 inches. And uh, during this time, all, the, all new pipes are going in. Ironworks, all, all kinds of things are going on on the ship. There's all kinds of people on the vessel. Uh, again, just due to the fact that that there, are, this is a specialized type of operation that's occurring. A number of people are contracted to do the work. Some we don't know their background. They could be saboteurs. We just don't know. Well, what we do know is that the Arizona, when the boiler was raised and the furnace pulled out, the boiler was never lowered back down to the level that it was prior to it being raised, which caused the boiler to be about between seven and four inches from the, the deck above. So it's sitting just just below the deck above. And uh, during the same time period, new uh, new pitch and hemp is being placed in the, uh, in the spacings between the planks. Um, the record determined that uh, the, the pitch was not scraped from above the boiler, so you have excess pitch or tar uh, in place above the boiler. Uh, according to the Court of Inquiry on the loss of the vessel, we know that um, that there have been a number of individuals that reported not only the, the boiler being too close to the deck above, but also the excess pitch and all, and nothing was ever done about it. So at the same time all this was going on, and as the work was being completed on the boiler, and the furnace is being placed back under. The ship was now going to be completely repainted. Well, we're talking about an oil-based paint and then the application of benzene to quicken the drying process of the paint. Uh, wonderful flammables <laughs> at the time. So once the ship is completed, uh, it goes out on its trials, and it actually will steam down towards uh, Mobile. And on its way back, uh, the vessel... It was reported that the, the aft storeroom uh, floor was getting very hot. And, this, again, this was reported hours before the, a fire would break out. And uh, there was also a standing order that no flammable materials would be placed in the aft storeroom. Interestingly enough, at 6 p.m. that evening that the fire would break out, the, uh, the engineer in charge, uh, the, excuse me, the assistant engineer in charge of the aft storeroom had ordered that some flammable materials be brought into that aft storeroom. That's again all in the record. So this is we're now this is uh, February 28th of 1865. Yeah, well, uh, 27th at this time. 27th, yeah. and we're what we're anticipating here is a, a fire that is going to correct take place. Yes, 
And uh, again, we obviously don't have enough time to go into all those details, but I'm going to give you the quick version. So what happens is that, um, according to the record, the the pitch was heated up enough to drop down onto the boiler. The boiler itself sat, again, just below the aft storeroom, explaining why the aft storeroom floor was getting so hot. So the pitch drops onto the boiler, flames occur, burns through the hemp rope into the aft storeroom. The fire bell is ringing, cries of fire go out, and this is at uh, 9 p.m. At this point, the Arizona is in the Mississippi River. Now, uh, just so you know, I am not allowed to disclose the location. Uh, This is because I work with the, the archaeology branch of the Naval Historical Center, and the permits that I receive to do the work that I do require that I do not divulge the exact location. But what I will tell you, is that approximately 40 miles south of New Orleans is where the Arizona was when the fire broke out. So it, was it underway at the time then? It was underway. So, yes, it's, so it's in the middle of the river. It's not tied up at a dock. Correct. Yes, it's moving back. It's going back from Mobile back to New Orleans after and some of its trials. And as it sails, it, a fire breaks out. Correct. Yes. Okay. And so the app storeroom is now ablaze. Well, one of the major mistakes that we have, and again, it's in the record, it was ordered to open the aft storeroom door. Well, when they opened the aft storeroom door, the flames basically ignited everything in the aft storeroom. There was there was wasting oil, or excuse me, wasting rags, uh, oil, uh, lamp wicks, all kinds of again flammable material in that aft storeroom that was moved there at 6 p.m. earlier in the evening. Now it's all on fire. So the so the fire hoses are hooked up. Um, Captain George Brown who is now in command of the vessel, orders the Arizona to be run ashore or run into the bank uh, on the east bank of the Mississippi River. Um, That occurs, but again, the fire is quickly getting out of control. And in fact, in a matter of of nine minutes, the order to abandon ship was given. And due to the fact that the Arizona had just, I mean, just been repainted, and the benzene, again, a very flammable material, was in existence in the ship. So, plus you have to add to the fact that that, um, the new decks had not been holy stoned enough. They'd only been holy stoned once, and that's a sanding process to to get oil and and grime out of the the deck. So the deck would catch fire. In fact, it was reported that when they put the hoses on the deck, all it did was move the fire around. You know how you have oil and water, so it just shifted the fire around. So the ship was abandoned, and um, eventually what would occur is that the ship would break free from the east the east bank of the Mississippi River and start floating downriver. And uh, basically that's where I was doing my investigation on where the vessel could be. So what I looked at is I looked at old maps of the Mississippi River and how it might have changed in this particular area. I looked at old channel maps to see how the channel would flow and knowing that basically the Arizona was going to get into the main channel and it was going to be floating downriver based upon the current. I was able to determine three specific locations where the vessel would go into the west bank of the river, which it did. So what happens then in in, um, in July of, of 2001, uh, I, I bring together a group of people. And, uh, Can I just interrupt oh, you for sure. a second and ask, um, what about the crew? Were any of them lost in the fire? Yeah, there were, there were uh, five reported uh, losses. Um, two are believed to still be on board. Uh, what, the, what they attempted to do was open the the the, uh, the cocks to flood the magazine, 
And um, two men went down to do that and never never returned off the ship. The three others uh, allegedly uh, drowned. Now, I guess I should finish up this part of the story. Basically, when the Arizona broke free from the east bank and floated to the west bank, the, they were not able to open up all of the cocks. They were only open, uh, able to open eight. So the magazine did not get completely flooded. Now, the reports say that the boiler blew up, and um, and I, I took that in hand at the time. But um, the, there were other reports in the New Orleans papers of the period saying that the explosion uh, that occurred on board the vessel was so severe that it actually blew out windows two miles away uh, from plantation homes. So it was a severe explosion that did occur. And it, to me, it was just I was thinking, I knew the magazine wasn't flooded. It didn't make sense that the boiler could possibly do that damage two miles away to plantation homes. And again, I was just speculating at the time. So, um, But you think it may have been the magazine? that I, I think it was the magazine. And again, I was speculating until we got our sonar images. So the Arizona will eventually sink off the bank and down into the river. I, I'm just wondering what can be left if it burned and then exploded. Uh, what is there left today to find? Well, as I as I stated before, it's an iron hull ship. Ah, that's right. So the uh, and and people always ask me that. <laughs> but um, basically, what what we got now is we have a ship that has sunk down into the river, and uh, just just to let you know, it's about 80 feet down, just depending on the uh, the, the depth of the river during the season. So we go out with our sonar. And again, this is July of 2001, and uh, we in our proton magnetometer. And again, a proton magnetometer is like a very elaborate metal detector. And uh, we start picking up readings off of that first, and then eventually we get some images. Well, uh, at that point, our images are are clear enough to to show what appears to be a 200-foot vessel right in the location where it, it should have been based upon again the old currents and stuff. So we we do a number of passes, we do a number of measurements and such, and uh, and we believe that this is the vessel. And uh, then I go out a few months, or excuse me, a month later in August, and we use a different type of sonar imaging, which is it's uh, digital. So we're going to get a lot clearer pictures. And in these pictures, we found that in one particular section of the vessel, first of all, you have you do have some some good damage done. There's some cracks actually major cracks in the hull. But in one particular area, there's about a 15-foot um, hole coming up through what was what would have been the deck, which is not where the boiler was. So it's possible that the magazine did blow up based upon some of the, the uh, forensic evidence that we have from our sonar images. Again, it's going to take a lot more uh, research to, to determine that, but uh, it's, that's where we're at right now. Now, your your ideal, hopefully, is to be able to have divers go down and look at this. Yes. Um, well, well, here's here's what we found in, in a number of our images. We can account for every one of the guns on the vessel. In fact, they were they were able to recover some of the guns before the vessel sank um, after the explosion. But one of the guns, one of the 32 pounders, was not recovered. And um, in a number of our images, we have just just to the north of this this vessel uh, an image that exactly measures the, the size, length, width, and area of a 32-pound gun. So our objective, kind of like the recent uh, 
raising of the gun from the alleged Blackbeard ship is to raise this gun because we have the numbers, the, the, the identification numbers of each of the guns that would tell us that this is the Arizona. That will be the decisive proof. Right. Well, I certainly hope you have success with this. Um, a reminder, is, as you mentioned in an email to me, uh, this is public property. This belongs to the U.S. Navy still. Correct. Uh, so all, what you're doing here is with the permission and cooperation of the Navy. Absolutely, and the state of Louisiana. And, and uh, not to encourage individuals to go freebooting around looking for uh, uh, government property underwater, but do it as Rob is doing uh, with the, the cooperation and, and permission of the authorities. Uh, well, this is a fascinating story. I have certainly learned a lot about this particular vessel and the blockade in general. I encourage our listeners to uh, look up uh, your project, to uh, send you an email, find out more about this and learn more about the USS Arizona Civil War Gunboat Foundation and how they can help. And I, I hope you find that 32-pounder. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to mention, too, um, we, we have just constructed our website. Um, it's, yes. it's, geo, it's www.geocities.com forward slash azgunboat. Again, it's still under construction, but they can get some information and see so something. We'll, we'll find something there, geocities.com forward slash azgunboat. Correct. Don't miss it. Thank you, Rob, for being our guest today. Thank you for listening to Civil War Talk Radio.